Welcome to Trusting the Truth with Samuel Tolley, where we view the world through the lens of Jesus Christ. We do not view Jesus Christ through the lens of the world. Hello, everybody. This is Sam Tolley. Um, the Bible talks about perilous times, <clears throat> and we're definitely in some perilous times these days. You know, I, I think it's impossible for anyone not to have noticed that this transgender thing is just really going rampant in the United States. From what I can tell, maybe even around the world, I don't know. But this LBGTQ plus thing has really started to snowball. And it's getting more and more and more blatant. Um, and in the coming weeks, I'm going to be talking about some things related to the beginning of the propaganda that fostered this stuff among society. Because many of us are just not even aware. We're, we're either just walking in automatic mode or have no idea that there was a concerted effort, a concerted systematic programming to get Americans used to the LBG movement. I think at the time, T wasn't even on their radar. But once you open up the door to evil and you leave that door open, it's just going to get wider and wider and wider. I mean, the Bible talks about the narrow path or the wide road to destruction. And we are experiencing a very wide road. Um, you know, <clears throat> I've, I've lived long enough to remember when our politicians, if they even if they didn't really necessarily believe in a biblical worldview, personally, they presented themselves as such in public. Um, I remember a time when our media did not foster an anti-biblical worldview as they do today. Well, I'll take that back. In 1973, when Roe v. Wade came into play, the media started celebrating woman's choice. Now, they, they call it choice, but really what they were celebrating is the right to kill your own baby in the womb. But they didn't celebrate this thing that we're dealing with now. Uh, they still tried to maintain somewhat of a biblical worldview. Now we have politicians starting with the president. Before he became president, expressed the notion that an eight-year-old should be able to decide if he or she wants to change their sexual appearance. Now we have people that have gone so far as to say that we don't know what the child is when it's born. I mean, it's, we may as well be going back to the time of bloodletting to stop diseases. You know, they'll look at a child and say, well, at first appearance, it looks like it's a boy, but we have to wait for it to get old enough to make a determination itself in what it is. And this is insanity. Um, children are children. They have parents because they are incapable of making informed decisions. And Anyone with any knowledge of basic biology understands that when you're born, you're born male or female. You don't get a choice. You are what you are. You are what God made you to be. Now, we've, we've adopted this ideology that we can change what we are. 
And really, we can't change anything other than mutilate ourselves, disfigure ourselves, present ourselves in a, an illusion, as it were. And many of us, unfortunately, have done that. But that doesn't change who you are. You are who you are, who you were, and you will always be the same person you were at birth. You may have distorted features. You may rearrange things to, to make you appear as though or you're something that you're not, but you're just a normal human being with either an XX chromosome or an XY chromosome. That's all you are. That's all you will ever be. But since our society has gotten so twisted that we have people that are throughout the media, throughout um, society as a whole, politicians, professionals, even in the medical field, psychiatric field, are going around saying that a person can change their sex. They're not, their sex, you know, is one thing, but their gender, they can change it. They can rearrange who they are. And then if they don't like the way their sex is, they can change that too. <clears throat> so we have people that are going around mutilating themselves. Men that are cutting off their penises and reconstructing fake vaginas. We have women that are getting double mastectomies and taking hormones so they can grow facial hair and things of that nature. We have all this going on. And then we have a, a governmental system that wants us to act like this is normal. When I say us, I'm talking about people with a biblical worldview, people that believe that biologically there are only two genders. And they're forcing this madness and this craziness on our children as well. Well, finally, I believe that there's people that are starting to wake up and realize this, this, this is insanity. Some of the people are people that have partook of this insanity. And some of the people are just maybe fed up. I wish there would be more people that would stand up. But in the meantime, just like Hollywood presents illusions, uh, movies, a fictional uh, <clears throat> creation to take us into another world, they've really adopted this transgenderism illusion. And they've made this person, this Dylan Mulvaney, famous. I mean, this person was on a, a Budweiser beer can. And of course, it, it, it makes us a backlash that many folks are are um, boycotting Budweiser. And this person did another um, thing where they're selling Nike's women's bras. But there was an event, I think it was in New York. I'm not really sure, but there was a, this star-studded event. People all dressed up to see this show of this person. And this person was the highlight of the show. This person is a man who's pretending to be a woman, which begs another question. For all these people to talk about women have been disadvantaged and how they want to stand up for women's rights, all throughout our present day society, the so-called women that are being elevated to highest are actually biological men. But let me show you a short snippet. I'd say it's about mm, two minutes of this Delane Mulvaney singing in a dress as a lady and even talking about, quote unquote, his, her relationship with God. Let's take a look at this. Keep us in the matrix. Well, I think we've established that I really like to talk, so I don't think they're going to have the best luck silencing me. <laughs> Truthfully, I don't know what their goal is. 
but I do know how they make me feel now that I've built up a thicker skin. It doesn't hurt me. Do you want to feel how it feels? Do you want to know, know that it doesn't hurt me? Do you want to hear about the deal I'm making? My response going forward, it's not over-explaining myself. It's not pleading. It's, um, it's not expecting kindness from someone who has no kindness to give. My response is in the next joyous video that I make. That's my response. And if I only could, I'd make a deal with God, and I'd get him to swap our places. Can we pause there? I'm gonna say something that might make people feel a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I'm trying really hard to maintain a relationship with God. And I don't think that he made a mistake with me. Um, and that maybe one day I will actually be grateful for being trans. That this isn't some curse, but it's just a different path to the same destination. Be running up that road, be running up that hill, be running up that building. If I only could. Did you notice the two, um, what do you call that? People, sign language people? And one of them appeared to be a man with a beard and a dress on. I just, you know, when I, when I looked at this clip, you know, it's actually sad. It's sad because this person, this, this, this person is, is, is talking about making a deal with God. This person understands that there is a God that you're accountable to. And he understands that. And yet, and then he's talking about, well, God didn't make a mistake making him trans. God didn't make him trans. He's a man. He's a man that is walking around here wearing <clears throat> women's clothing and presenting himself as a woman. But I guess to a degree, he's conflicted. He's, he, he's conflicted that um, that's the case, that this trans identity of his is not in conjunction with the reality of the God of the Bible. I, I assume this person is referring to the God of the Bible. And as such, this person is thinking about a different God than the God of the Bible in a different gospel. <clears throat> According to Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 through 9, you know, Paul's talking to the Galatians about people that are looking for a different God. He says, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is not just another account but there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As I have said before, even now I say again, if anyone is preaching a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be accursed. Now, you know, the original gospel, the original word from the Lord of God is clear. In Genesis chapter one, it says, so God, verse 27, created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and free, free male. He created them. When we try to make excuses for going against the will of God, 
all we do is present more problems for ourselves. So while I feel sorry that this person is conflicted, but then again, <clears throat> let me back up. My understanding was that this show that was put on, uh, this person prepared six months in advance for the show. So this attitude of sadness could very well just be part of the show to get sympathy from us. Oh, golly, he, he can't help it. Bless his heart. We need to accept him as that. I accept him as the man God created him to be, and I would hope that he decides to go back to being the man God created him to be. Instead of trying to portray himself as a woman and taking up women time. Now, fortunately, we got some women that are finally standing up against this nonsense of men like him. So let's take a look at a couple of clips. I'm going to show you uh, one. This is only about 45 seconds. Take a look at this. A cis woman. I am simply a woman. I reject the phrase cisgender. It was created out of thin air as a means to deviate us from trans people who are taking on this caricature of being a woman, taking on her, she pronouns, and taking on rights to womanhood that they do not deserve. For so long, the feminist movement has been saying, women have been victimized and oppressed by men. But if the man wears a wig and puts on makeup, suddenly they're oppressed? Is that what is that what happens? Do they take on all the oppression that women have been facing for decades in this country now that they simply identify as one? And is that as far as you have to go, just saying I am a woman in order to be one? I guess so, because that's what a lot of people are doing now. They're just saying, well, I'm a woman. Good for her. I'm a woman. Just like they want to say I'm a cis man. What, what? No, I'm a man. Now, <clears throat> I would I would love for, for more newscasters to be the referees they're supposed to be, because that's the job that they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be the impartial referees uh, between the different uh, sections of government. And our news in America is so jacked up, I have to reach out for a newscaster in Great Britain to make this point. So listen to this. This is about, oh, it's about a four minute shot. Check it out. Have you ever heard anything so ridiculous? From the brand that gave us Just Do It, Nike are using trans influence, influencer Dylan Mulvaney, a biological man, to sell women's bras. How? Is that a good idea? Have a look at this. This is Dylan Mulvaney promoting Nike sports bra for women. So if you're listening on radio, you can download the app or go to gbnews.com where you'll see a biological man with no breasts prancing around in a material bra and a short pleated skirt or, or leggings I think he was wearing in a manner that can only be described as a caricature of woman, an insult to actual women. It's almost as bad as this on Twitter. Why? Stop. <laughs> Why is this thing not hot? I swear to God, if anyone says welcome to womanhood, I'm gonna... Of course, if you weren't uh, watching that and you were listening on radio, it's a man writhing around in supposed agony, dressed as a woman, but with a cheesy grin on his face as he pretends to be suffering with period pains. Absolutely ridiculous. I can tell you now that no woman I know smiles like that when she's going through agonising cramps of a period. We have to endure this, and we do it once a month. We just get on with it. We get on with life. So this is clearly a man. And if you think there's nothing sinister in this, then take a look at this third clip of terrified swimming champion Riley Gaines being ambushed by screaming trans activists and hit twice by a guy in a dress after saving women's sports speech, after doing a speech on that at San Francisco State University. Cops say 
that there were no arrests. Apologise for the flash photography there. Hardly the sound of a so-called vulnerable community. As far as I can see, it is the women who are the vulnerable ones. Riley had to hide in a cupboard for three hours. But let's get back to transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney, who has over 12 million followers across TikTok and Instagram. And it is reported that for each post for Nike, uh, she received around about $150,000. Other major brands like Bud Light and Maybelline have also used the influencer and paid potentially similar amounts. So instead of Nike using brilliant female athletes, of which there are many, like Riley Gaines, to promote something that is clearly required and designed specifically for adult human females, which is bras, they could have used women, Nike have chosen to use a biological man, a space that should actually have been taken by a female. Sometimes I have to ask myself whether I'm living in a delusion. What on earth were they thinking? Why would that make me, as a woman, want to buy anything from Nike ever again. I've decided personally that I'm going to boycott the brand. I've had nothing, I have absolutely nothing against someone who is trans. But what I do object to is the stupidity of brands like this that think that women will buy anything, uh, especially when it's being mocked in this manner. It's just in such a woke mockery of what a woman is. We are not just simply makeup and dresses. We are more than that. The majority of women are childbearers who keep the planet populated, and we sacrifice a lot to do that. And even if we do not bear a child, we go through the trials and tribulations of periods and menopause, and after all of that, that is no laughing matter. In a pinned comment to Nike's verified Instagram account, the company told customers to be kind, be inclusive, and encourage each other. Well, if Nike are happy to forego my custom for a handful of trans women, then I'm happy to leave them to it. I'm calling on women. Next time you see a Nike product, don't buy it. Don't do it. I like her. I mean, that's what we need. We need to see women is going to stand up for women. This is stupid. I have not seen one female reporter in the United States that bold. I mean, these politicians... Well, on the Democrat side, they say nothing or they support this nonsense. I think all women from all walks of life need to stand up and say, we are tired of this crap. We ain't putting up with it. Just like a lot of uh, country singers and a lot of other people are saying, screw Bud Light. I say, screw Nike, screw any of these people that are just abusing us and misusing us. I've said this before, and I'm going to say this again. Real men only want real women. It is as simple as that. I want to share this article. It's about eight pages when I put it on the computer, but I think it's very important. We're going to start getting into, like I said, the horror, the horror of transgenderism. These people don't tell you what's going on, <clears throat> how it breaks up families and how it just creates a mess. You know, they're selling us this illusion. Well, this illusion is no good. So let's look at stuff. <clears throat> it's an article on April 11th by uh, Emma Jo Morris. Transgenderism is being portrayed as a progressive form of self-expression by the political, media, and business complex, but is also damaging and marring in many cases, irreparably, the girls who come in contact with it. Boys too, let me say. This series explores some of the cruelty experienced by people who have interacted with the cyber set of radical gender ideology through testimony in their words. About 20% of Generation Z is likely to identify on the LGBTQQ IP2SAA spectrum and the LGBTQIA+. No, I don't know what all that stuff means. Identification overhaul has become much more common in the U.S. in the past decade, according to a 
2022 polling by Gallup, over 5% of Americans 18 through 30 years old identify as transgender or, and I think they're being groomed in schools to identify as that stuff. Uh, let us continue. Non-binary, according to the Pew Center survey published in June, the number of diagnoses of gender dysphoria of children between the ages of 6 and 17 in the United States has surged over recent years from 15,172 in 2017 to 24,847 in 2020 to 42,167 in 2021. How could that be? And how could that be? And it never happened before. All these other years, we wasn't going through this stuff because people are getting conditioned and people are getting psychologically brainwashed. You know what? I think you're, I think you're a girl. According to the data published by Reuters in 2017, there were 1,905 children in the same age range, 6 through 17, undergoing <clears throat> hormone therapy, spiking to 4,231 in 2021. And you know, these hormones, this is not approved medicine. This is experimental stuff. I might get banned again from uh, uh, YouTube for saying that because they banned me for a week uh, for saying some other stuff. So, you know, as a side note, my stuff can always be found on Rumble, S-E-T, the number three, lowercase, S-E-T, the number three, because YouTube may go bye-bye. Despite dubious data surrounding the practice of gender-affirming care, especially for adolescents, the United States is the most permissive country for child sex change operations and gender transition drug treatments compared to any European country. Ain't that a shame? We're leading the war in mutilating our kids, according to a study by Do No Harm. Doctors who recently spoke to Breitbart requesting their identities be concealed for fear of backlash said there is a perverse monetary incentive structure built around pushing transgender drugs and surgeries on kids. Yes, because once you get those surgeries, once you start taking those drugs, you are a patient forever. You're going to have to continuously go see medical people for your you know, your, your infections uh, and all kinds of other nasty stuff that we'll see in a shortly in a couple of videos. The U.S. sex reassignment surgery market was valued at almost $2 billion in 2021 and is expected to grow at a compound annual rate of 11.23% until 2030, according to a market report by Grandview Research. Wait a minute. Why is that? Are we going to have a 11.23% increase in folks having this problem? Or is this a marketing ploy that they anticipate we're going to have this increase because they're programming our kids to think that they're not who they are? Olivia, a.k.a. Jackson, they've taken my children away. This is an interview, I guess. That freaking cult took my children away. And in my opinion, they killed my daughter. Because I'd like to ask, well, where is my daughter? She never came home that day. Lindley is a California mother of three children, daughters, including a set of twins, Olivia and Tallulah, who were, who, excuse me, who no longer live with her after Olivia came out as transgender at the age of 14, and insisted her mother call her Jackson. Her children now live with their grandmother after deciding to leave their single mother's home when she refused to affirm her daughter's new identity. What's wrong with grandma? Why didn't she send that child home? 
there's no explanation. And if I were to ask, what did you do with my daughter? What would be the answer? Where's my daughter? Where did they take my daughter? Because she never came home. Lindley told Breitbart News, her voice cracking. Olivia, a.k.a. Jackson, is not taking cross-sex hormones, but presents herself aesthetically as a young boy. Lindley told Breitbart, she cut and dyed her hair, wears baggy clothing, and binds her chest. Chest binding performed during social transition is when a woman wraps her chest with thick materials to conceal her breasts and is sometimes done by girls during puberty and trying to portray herself as male. Lindley told Brightboard that her daughter told her she does not want to take testosterone, but she does not know what to expect when Olivia goes away to university next year. Lindley's twins, who are both deaf, are in grade 12, attending a public school in California that has a deaf and hard of hearing program. Olivia began seeing a school social worker in the middle in middle school. Right now, these public high these public schools are some of the most dangerous places in the world to have your kids. Very dangerous. Allegedly because she was being bullied. The school counselor Olivia saw was hired through a third-party contractor, a nonprofit called Casey. According to Casey's website, the organization is a nonprofit agency that partners with schools to provide professional mental health services to students in their academic settings with a mission to destigmatize mental health services and make supporting students' social and emotional well-being the norm in our local schools. What does that mean? What does all, all that gobbledygook mean? <clears throat> Makes me think that they just, you know what? You can be anything you want to be. Casey stands firmly as an anti-racist organization. As mental health professionals, we have a responsibility to address and counter racism discrimination in all its forms. We stand united to actively promote awareness, uh, acceptance, and accountability to do our part to dismantle any existing systems fostering explicit or implicit racism. The website says at its About Us tab, under the Black Lives Matter banner. Wow, that says a lot right there. But let me tell you something. Discrimination, going against discrimination in any form is stupid. There's a lot of things we discriminate against all the time. I don't know anyone that if they hear a knock on their door at 2 o'clock in the morning and see some joker standing outside and say, let me in, why? Why should I let you? Well, because I'm the same color as you. Oh, okay, come on in. No. You're going to discriminate and not let that person in your house because you don't know who the heck that person is. In regards to what color you are, if some 35-year-old man come knocking on your door talking about taking out your 15-year-old daughter, are you going to let him go with her? Let her go with him? No. No man in his right mind is going to tolerate that crap. So the word discriminate has to be applied properly not exercise away. The institutions, I believe, are captured and they teaching the professionals that horrible line, <clears throat> excuse me, which you've probably heard now. Would you rather have a live son or a dead daughter? No, I'd rather take my kid away from them folks that's teaching this and promoting this crap. If we don't affirm a transgender person, they will go ahead and kill themselves. All this fear, the fear mongering, I believe that message is coming top down. That's why parents need to be parents and strong, you know, preferably a God fearing person. 
And then you teach your kids accordingly, but you do not allow your kid to be involved with people like this. And you don't listen to that kind of crap either. LCSW, formerly employed by Casey, told Breitbart, the universities are teaching it. The grad school programs are teaching it. If I do a training right now for my profession on this, that's what I would be taught. Garfield Jader, a licensed social worker in the Bay Area who practiced for 20 years after being educated at New York University and a lifelong Democrat, spoke to Breitbart after becoming wise to what she calls a movement of destruction of humankind. As trans ideology relies on disassociating people from their body, destroying their ability to procreate and destroying the nuclear family. See, a lot of times when people take these uh, these cross hormone drugs, and these it, it sterilizes them. You know, they're done. And if they're going to sterilize all these people having all this transitional stuff. Where are they going to get more people? The only way they're going to get more people is if they indoctrinate the young. She is not currently practicing, instead focusing her efforts on speaking out about the harmful effects of transgenderism and writing a curriculum for parents to find non-indoctrinating mental health care. It's become this group think because the dissenting voices have been taken out and they've been made examples of, and now enough people go along with it. Garfield Jagger uh, explained about her industry. It was May 2018, and my identical twin daughters turned 14, Lindley told Breitbart, of how Olivia's transgender journey began. And one of them I have taken to a therapist because I could tell that something was going wrong anyway. The therapist said, oh, no, perfectly normal. So then she ended up going to, this was in middle school, she ended up going to a Casey, to the Casey counselors. There, the free mental health program that Santa Clara, Santa Clara County uses for all the schools and it's LGBTQ and BLM and socio-emotional learning. All that is a red flag, folks. According to my daughter, she went initially because she was being bullied. And I just heard something else about other girls being bullied who went to counseling. And then this happened. She went for bullying, she tells me. And then I never heard anything ever again. Look, parents, when I was a kid, everybody got bullied. It was just a part of growing up. Teach your kid to stand their ground. Help them grow up. Have their back. This, this, this psychological nonsense, but, oh, you can't be bullied. Look, it's just part of life. I mean, nobody necessarily likes it, but it happens. Help your kids be strong. Nobody ever talked to me again about anything she continued. And then one week after my twins turned 14, I get a call from a liaison at the deaf and hard of hearing program at the middle school. And she says, Olivia is coming home to tell you something really important or something along those lines. And it was that vague. Olivia come home. Hi, mom. I'm a boy. And I want my name to be Jackson. <laughs> After some years of complying with Olivia's demand, you should have never did it to be referred to as Jackson and be identified as a boy. Just over a year ago, Lily began refusing to go along with it, saying the saga made my entire family mentally ill. I think that's the schools have convinced our children to just leave home if mama doesn't like it. And since mama doesn't like it, Olivia and Tallulah, my twins, moved out in August, even though they're now seniors in high school, Lindley said. They teach a young person that if a parent has even a question about this identity or if they would like to use the name you were given, 
that makes them the enemy. You see the programming they're doing? I mean, this this sounds like Nazi Germany where kids are being uh, programmed at schools to turn against their family if they had any kind of sayings against the, the Fuhrer or, or the Third Reich. Garfield Jagger told Breitbart of the salient message in her industry about parents. It's been horrifying that even professionals are doing this. Besides creepy people online, professionals who you would ordinarily trust, like a school counselor or a school nurse or a teacher, they are being trained to do that. Like, oh, if your parents think this, they're transphobic. I didn't bring it out. My communist uh, 45 rules or, or goals. One of them is get control of the schools and turn kids against the family. Think about it, people. The counselors, um, they think they know better than families, uh, Jagger, excuse me, Garfield Jagger said. And you've got this community and the counselors and the teachers and the nurses and the doctors undermining parents. I don't see my children as often, of course. And I think that my daughter, Olivia, I think she and I are actually really close. And I think that she really wants to hate me, but I know that she doesn't, Lindley said. There's another one. I think this is a better story. Patricia, AKA Fred. Uh, I trusted the teachers. I trusted my school to be educating my kids appropriately. Erin, a lawyer, former Democrat, former Democrat, I like that, and mother of two children in a California public school at which she frequently volunteered, told Breitbart. But like fourth or fifth grade is when I started seeing things change education-wise at the public school where they went. More to this social emotional learning kind of model. Erin's daughter, Patricia, uh, suited them, announced she was a lesbian at age 11, following a week-long sex ed program at school conducted by a third-party contractor. In 2018, Patricia coming out came coming out came at the same time as many of her classmates were coming out to their families as well. In the seventh grade, all these kids said they were something. And I was like, whoa, what are you guys learning at school? Like 100% of you can't be something on the LGBTQ alphabet, Urban continued. But I kind of let I kind of let it ride because I thought, okay, maybe my daughter is a lesbian. No, don't let that ride. You know, okay, it's not a big deal. Oh, yes, it is. When Patricia was 13, she began identifying as transgender. She quickly and secretly formed an online group of like-minded friends, some her age, some older, who were sharing pornographic material with her and coaching her on how to transition. Wow. At the uh, let's see. same time, the public school Patricia attends began referring to her by a male name, Fred, pseudonym, and using male pronouns. Online is the worst place. That's where it really gets. It's in so many different areas. It's in the school. It's on an entertainment. You go to a coffee shop. The flags are everywhere. It's all over the place. But online, spaces like the video games, social media, all these different online spaces, I think that's where it really sets in for most young people. Garfield Jagger said of online forums being key venues where adolescents are radicalized. It could just be from being in some kind of group or just looking at different memes, or it could be from people directly messaging them, or it can be a whole community where they get all kinds of positive feedback. Garfield Jagger continued, if you look at every trans influencer, they'll say, this is your safe place, or I'm your mom now. 
making a person who feels lonely feel as though they're now being seen. I pulled the phone, the computer, everything. I took her offline, Irwin told Brightboard, and how she broke her daughter out of transgenderism. It was like pulling heroin from a heroin addict. We had to go full detox. Friends would stop, would drop off phones, and I'd have to, like, I would turn her room upside down, Irwin continued. I would also look for chest binders. I would rip them apart. I took all of her, like, male dress-up clothes, and I took them to the dump. And she was being coached online how to emancipate, how to run away, Irwin said. She's like, you know, I'm going to commit suicide. You know, I'm going to commit suicide. Irwin told Brightboard that Child Protective Services paid a visit to her home after she told the school that she would not affirm her. Can you believe that? So she told the school, I'm not putting up with this nonsense. My daughter is a girl. And they called Child Protective Services on this woman. Uh, affirm her daughter's male identity. And that she expected the school to do the same. CPS never followed up after the initial visit. Maybe they found out that she was a lawyer. Irwin pulled Patricia out of her public school and placed her in a private Catholic school, which, despite not being less woke, allowed Patricia to meet new friends as a girl. I would rather my kid hate me for life. I would take her hating me for life if I knew that her future would be safe, Irwin told Breitbart of the strain of the measures uh, she put on her relationship with her daughter. I would give that up. And that's a huge thing to give up. You know, for a mother to say that, but I would. I gave up my relationship with my child to make sure that my daughter's bodily autonomy is safe. She was going to do anything to make sure her daughter didn't cut off her breasts and stuff. Good for her. Unfortunately, there are some parents who just don't know. They doubt themselves. They got all these people with degrees and who are supposedly educated. They're supposed to be the helpers. They start believing these professional people. Maybe I'm in a wrong. Maybe I need to do this. And they doubt themselves. And, and then in the end, they realize that they've made the wrong decision, that they should have listened to their gut. Garfield Jagger told Breitbart, she said she hates me every single day for five times a day, Irwin continued. My daughter says that she loves me every single day. Now, I won that gamble, and it was a gamble. I would take 1,000 times again, even if she didn't say she loved me anymore. I knew that she would grow up with her body intact. Praise the Lord. Now, I got a couple more that I'll little quick videos over the show because I'm running out of time. So I'm going to be quick with this one. I'm going to show you a short clip of this man. And he's going to appear like a woman because he went the whole way. But look at the mess, the horror that he's going through right now in his life. Uh, let me see if I hope this is the right one. Have you ever heard? Nope, that wasn't the right one. Sorry. Damn. Oh, here we go. Let's go for it. You've had the surgery. What does it feel like to miss your penis? I 100% feel like a, I was part of some cruel medical and social experiment. I wish somebody hugged me a few years back and be like, you know what? You can present feminine, you can wear heels, hair, whatever you want. But the sad reality, we don't have technology to make you an actual woman. But they kind of like didn't protect me from myself. <laughs> Talk about that. Yeah. So part of your kind of transition horror story here is that you have a neovagina that isn't working properly, you have osteoporosis. And scoliosis. And scoliosis. That was so yeah. can you talk about that? I mean, it's transphobic to say, but after I've been through the system, I 100% feel like a, I was part of some cruel medical and social experiment. Except for nobody checked on me, and if I offed myself, nobody, I would not even be included in any statistics. I'm sure they would just write me off as some other issues. 
None of the people who gave me letters, surgeries. Moreover, I've spent thousands of dollars. I've traveled across the country, was, did all the consults trying to get help. So every time I went to consults, I entered my history, my information. None of those people are studying like the transitioners. So when right. trans community says regret rate is 1% and complication rate is 1%, that's bullshit. It is bullshit. Bullshit and you guys need to hear this. But what they don't really tell you is that the body treats you as a wound. Um, and, um, and it tries it, to close up. Yes, constantly trying to close up. Oh. In my case, yeah, it started shutting down right away pretty much. So I got a revision. Like a few months later, I was back on operating table and I got blamed at the time that like you didn't dilate enough. Even though I was religiously dilating and I couldn't understand it, just patient blamed pretty much. Now that I talk to other people, it's the same happened to them, you know, that's what they don't tell you, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, and it's like, um, so they kept on blaming me for not dilating enough. And uh, so they did the surgery, which they just opened me back up and they're like, you have eight inches, congrats. And I was like excited. So I drove back to Massachusetts and by the time I got home, pretty much, I already lost one inch. I couldn't dilate back up. I was like, oh my gosh. okay, I'm going to save the seven inches. That's plenty, you know? And I was like putting stunts in me, driving a car with a dildo inside of me and with tight pennies, like to the point that I couldn't even pee. And then my back started hurting like 2020. I thought it was a mattress issue. I kept on like, oh my God, my back hurts so much. If I sit up, like, then I went uh, to chiropractor and he was like, you have uh, scoliosis. And again, like my paperwork is female. So, I, and again, I'm like, don't want to tell like random people that don't need to know that I'm trans, you know, it's like, um, and he was like, I guess if I told him earlier, I would have probably, he would have put two and two together that maybe it was mm -hmm. hormone related. But then I did some more research and I ended up going for that finally bone scan in 2021, maybe. I realized I had like osteoporosis in my spine. It's pretty bad, but honestly, my story is not as bad because there is other detrans males i don't know will i have time but like they have it worse as people who have no sensation in their like groin it's i like, saw a viral post yeah. from another detransitioner who tulip, said that yeah. you could literally stab yeah, his genitals tulip. with a knife and there is no sensation yeah, Richie. wow you can stab the genitals with a knife and there's no sensation. This is a man with an artificial fake vagina had to go get surgery trying to open this thing up because it keeps closing. And then he has to insert some kind of dildo and keep it in there to try to keep it open. I mean, this is horror. And, and then he talking about some other person with one that they can stab it with a knife. They don't feel nothing. So there ain't no sexual sensation. There's nothing there. And this is a man, and then now this person calls himself shapeshifter. He likes to appear as a woman, but he wish he would have still kept his penis. But he doesn't like all the mess he has to go through living with this thing. Now, in this last quick clip, is of Jordan Peterson and Chloe Close, about five minutes. And this young girl, she's going through hell right now, too. So let's see this before we shut down. I feel called to. And so I started this year and What do you think what what do you think is the core of your claim that you fell prey to say medical and counseling malpractice? What do you think was done wrong with you? Um quite a lot actually. Um the most immediate thing I can think of would be the fact that the consent forms didn't weren't they weren't really comprehensive. They were very vague. They didn't list a they didn't list um they didn't have nearly enough information on them. And I was also just too young to really fathom what any of this meant. And they you know, you can make the argument that my parents Well, you know, consent consent has to be well, consent has to be documented, but it also has to be informed. And informed means you have to understand what you're consenting to. And so from my perspective, like, especially when you were really young, say around 12 and you first went into therapy, there should have been a very deep investigation into your background and then a laying out of a whole comprehensive range of options and a lengthy discussion of the consequence of all of those options. And your parents, after the discussion had taken place with you, your parents should have been brought into that and they should have been walked through the same range of options. And then you all should have been offered 
you what would I would say the opportunity or the necessity to take a fair amount of time to really think it through, you know, on the fundamental basis that, well, we won't do anything precipitous until it's necessary, right? And that, that harkens back to the idea that if you leave most kids with gender dysphoria B, you know, most of them identify as homosexual, as I said, eventually, but most of them, the vast majority of them, accept their biological status. And so, so the consent issue, it isn't only that the forms were vague and didn't detail out the, you know, the full range of consequences, it's that you needed to be walked through in great detail all of the issues that were relevant to you on the psychological and medical front, all the options that were available to you, and the pros and cons of all those options. And that should have been something that took, I would think that I can't see in any possible way that that could have been done with any degree of thoroughness in something under six months of weekly therapy. And I would say that's an absolute minimum to walk anyone through something as complicated as what you laid out. So that's on the informed yeah. front, right? Yeah, they really presented this as, as basically the only option to both me and my parents. Um, and I also, the problem with me starting it so young was not only that I couldn't consent, I couldn't really fathom the full, just the full picture of things. Um, I've also experienced, I'm still experiencing a wide range of complications to this day. Um, you know, from the the surgery, you know, I'll never be able to breastfeed. Um, I'll never have that erogenous sensation in my chest back. Um, I, I'll never have my breast back. A reconstruction will do nothing for me, and it might make things worse actually. Because I'm, I've I've had some complications pop up this year with the grafts. They I have to cover them up with bandages, or else they they'll. I don't know what's going on with them. I tried to consult my surgeon about it, and she didn't really, didn't really, didn't really investigate. He gave me advice that made my the complications worse, even, and actually temporarily gave me an infection. But I have to wear, I have to bandage up every day so that it doesn't like leak all over my clothing or bedding. And Jesus, from the from the the hormones and blockers. Um, I've been experiencing some joint pains, mainly in my my arms, my legs, and my back. And uh, yep. I I still have issues with my my urinary tract. I have to use the the restroom pretty frequently, and I didn't even know that this was possible. This is like a pretty huge quality of life issue that I'm experiencing, and I'm just I'm just not really getting any help for it. And on top of that, I'm. I do. I do hate to speak about it, but I'm experiencing sexual dysfunction at the age of eighteen. That's something that women usually go through when when they're in their forties to fifties. Right. Right. How was I supposed to know? So, so that's tough. This 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 stuff is horrible, people. You're playing with God's creation. And they don't show you the horror stories. They don't show you how people's lives are being ruined, playing around with this stuff. Parents, protect your kids. Whatever you do, don't fall for that lie about would you rather have a, a live daughter or a dead son. You put your trust in God. You take care of your kids. You keep them away from all these crazy folks. I don't care how many degrees they got on their names, over their names. Forget about it. Take care of your kids. This is Sam Tolley. I'm out.